Let us pause and hold a moment of silence while we prepare ourselves for worship. We are in the presence of the Lord. Wherever we are, whoever we are, God needs us. Let us stand in body and spirit to recognize the life of his word for this congregation. Good morning and welcome everybody here in our wonderful Kirk and everybody who will join us uh, on, on the live stream or later via the recording. And my prayer is that we all are blessed from God's word. Our minister Gary and his family is taking his well-deserved annual leave. And we pray that he and his family really enjoy this time, that they get some more of the sunshine we had. Well, I heard it will changing, but we pray that they will be re-energized. And consequently, the next three Sundays, you will need to tolerate me leading us in worship. At least for me, it is an honor, and I'm really looking forward to it. Today is the first Sunday that we as a congregation are allowed to sing again. And still we need to wear our face mask while we are singing. And the good news is we are still supported by our soloists. Thank you for that. But I'm also looking really forward to the singing because that is a wonderful way to join into worshiping, praising God. Yeah, the rest of the announcements come later. Let us worship God with words of Psalm 105. Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. Amen. Let us stand for our first hymn, hymn 154, O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder.
this was wonderful. This was really wonderful. Thank you. Let us pray. Lord of all life, you are the beginning and the end. You are the provider of food and drink, clothing and warmth. You are love and hope. You give us life in all its fullness. We praise you. You are the one who sustains us. You are the one who nourishes and strengthens us throughout our daily lives. We praise you. When the journey is long and we hunger and thirst, you, O oh God, care for us. When the road is hard and our bodies are weak, you, O oh God, are beside us. When our spirits are low and we can't carry on, you, O oh God, revive us. When we offer our hand in love and service, you, O oh God, bless us. When the challenge is great and the workers are few, you, O oh God, empower us. We rejoice in you, O oh God, and we praise you. Merciful God, we need your love upon us. Forgive us when we treat your generosity as our right. Forgive us that we have kept what we have to ourselves rather than offering it to others. Forgive us that we have failed to be concerned about the waste that our society produces. And forgive us when we have wanted more for ourselves at the cost of others. We are sorry, Lord, and we are in need of your renewing grace. Loving Father, your forgiveness is never-ending. You reconcile us with you. As renewed children, we are now bold to join into the prayer Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now again, I have a long list of intimations. And that has to do with all what happens in the next week to come. But first, the regular one. The food bank continues to be open on Tuesdays at the West Hall from 10 to 12 and from 7 to 8 in the evening. And currently, as you have, all of you most likely have noticed, we are on our summer service schedule until August the 8th inclusive. That means the services I do. Um, and there will only be a service at 9.30 and this also will be live streamed and recorded, of course. And as it stands at the moment, and let us pray that this will really yeah, continue like that, um, from August the 15th on, we will return to our or a more normal Sunday program. That means that uh, we will have two services again. The one at 11 o'clock will be for everyone together, young and old, 
and uh, we will have more capacity as uh, social, distance, social distancing. I should be, could be able to pronounce the word now. It's the most common word ever used in the last month. So at 11 o'clock, the service for young and old, because social distancing will be discontinued. And also there will be Sunday club for the children. So that will be our 11 o'clock service. And for the three weeks from, uh, next three weeks from August the 15th on, we also will have the 9.30 service with social distancing for those who feel that a need for this. And as I said in the beginning, our Minister Gary is on his annual leave. And while he's away, Reverend Dr. Alistair Shaw is providing emergency pastoral cover Details are on our website, or please contact the session clerk. And, well, we still will not pass offering plates through the congregation, but please, there are plates when you leave the congregation, as always, and you can support the life and the work of the congregation also by bank transfer, and details you can find on the website. Yep, all bullet points ticked. So let us listen to the scripture. Reading from John chapter 6. Some time after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is, the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing those who were ill. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his, with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, It would take more than half a year's wage to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will we go among so many? Jesus said, make the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. 
Jesus, knowing that they intended to come to make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake, where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark, and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Bill, for the reading. Our next hymn is hymn 606, Lord, your son type speaks in wonders. Let us pray. 
Lord Jesus, you are living among us. We gather here to be with you and to meet you. Open our ears and our hearts for your word. Amen. Miracles. The gospel seemed to be abandoned with miracles attributed to Jesus. And two of the most famous ones we heard this morning. The first one, the feeding of the crowd of the 5,000, is the only one which is recorded by all four Gospels. And the second one, Jesus walking on water, is the best known in the public. It even made it into Jesus Christ Superstar when Pilate is saying, Come on, Jesus, be no fool, walk across my swimming pool. But why does miracles get so much attention? Back in the times of the early Christians and also today. And not only between Christians and secular people, but also among Christians. What is the trouble with miracles? In ancient time, in Jesus' times, for the vast majority of the people, it was common sense that supernatural things exist. Things happened they could not explain by means of miracles, by, not by means of miracles. There must be forces, gods, spirits beyond, beyond one's comprehension. Such accounts of miracles like we heard today seem to have impressed especially the early Christians. The early Christians were a minority following this strange Jesus, this convicted and executed criminal from the edge of the Roman Empire. They even proclaimed that he is alive and ruler of the world, the one and only God. And in this situation, we can understand that the stories of Jesus performing miracles were important for them like the feeding of the 5,000, as we heard, and Jesus walking on the water. These miracles were proof for them that Jesus is divine, that he has authority in this world and in the next, and that he cares for his people. But what do we do with miracles today? Have we not grown up? How do miracles and or the story about miracles fit to in our world today? Now, I have to tell you something. I'm a big fan of science fiction. And one of my favorite ones is a TV series, Star Trek. And this series started in the 70s, and it plays in the far future when Society on earth has overcome all problems. There are no disease anymore, no hunger, and humanity are united in a peaceful way. Now the Earthship Enterprise is on its way to explore galaxy to boldly go where no one has gone before. All these accomplishments are based on advances in technology and science. And in the vision of Gene Roddenberry, the author of the TV series, we will overcome all the problems by means of rational thinking. And in the beginning of the 19th century, rational thinking became the leading principle 
of the philosophers and intellectuals of the Enlightenment. Their understanding was that the world is orderly and structured. And humans can understand and deal with it through logic. Everything what we can see, everything beyond what we can see and touch and analyze simply does not exist. It even is a distraction and a roadblock for human development to become better. And in this context, stories about miracles became a problem. How can somebody still believe that thousands of people were fed with only five bread and two fish? Or even more suspicious, how can somebody walk on water, which is violating all natural laws? Is there anything in these miracle stories that makes sense today? The stories not only are failing to impress today, the miracles of the Bible even sometimes seems to repel belief or are subject to jokes, like the one with the swimming pool. So, how do we deal with miracles in our secular and rational society? And this was also the question theologians started to ask themselves in response to enlightenment. It was the beginning of the so-called liberal theology. And very briefly summarized, these theologians try to explain that miracles are purely natural occurrence. So the feeding of the 5,000, for instance, might be explained in the way that uh, the generosity of a little boy who had fetched his lunch that day encouraged others with secret stashes of food to contribute to the common wealth. Oh, Jesus, were not really walking on the water, but by it, since the Greek word epi in the original Greek gospel could mean either. But this approach was not a solution. It did not overcome doubting. It did not prevent that Christianity started to decline in the rational, modern world. So, better to go back to fundamental belief of the early Christians. And this is a dilemma we observe. The discussion, the tension, almost a holy war between liberal believers and fundamentalists. What is the appropriate and the right way to believe? taking the Bible stories literal or metaphorically. In the U.S., there are even court cases. What should be taught at school? Was the earth created in seven times 24 hours or evolution theory? It seems that miracles divide us Christian even. The trouble with miracles. And now, you should not expect that I argue for one position or the other. I think this is not what the gospel writers intended. I want to propose something else. I want us to step out of this unhealthy and unholy discussion. So far, we took a stand 
outside of what may have happened. We were spectators. We even became judges of the events of the what. What took place at the lake and on the lake. And Jesus was never about the what. Jesus always was about the who. Jesus met individuals, cared for each of them. So, let us put ourselves into what happened at the lake and on the lake. We are among the thousands. We came there because we heard about Jesus and we wanted to understand what this is all about, what Jesus has to say. We walked a long way and now we are hungry and we forgot to bring our big picnic basket. We are sitting next to Andrew and Philip, two of Jesus' followers. Jesus asked them to provide food for the thousands who came to listen to him. Andrew and Philip discuss how this can be accomplished. They assess what they have, try to argue with Jesus. But Jesus starts to pass around baskets. Someone is passing a basket to us with bread and fish, and we can eat. We look around. And everybody has enough to eat. We were hungry. And we got enough to eat. Does it matter where the food came from? Now we can listen attentively to Jesus, what Jesus has to say. The evening came. We are in the boat with Jesus' followers. It is dark and the wind is picking up. The waves are growing. We will, will we make it to the other side of the lake? We just realized that Jesus is not in the boat. Maybe we forgot him? All is so frightening. And suddenly, we are on the other side of the lake. We made it. And Jesus is there with us. What a day. We ate well, we listened to Jesus, and we made it to the other side of the lake. Some talked about that miracles happened. Some people saw people sharing food and Jesus walking along this lakeside. But all remember this Jesus. They remember how they met him. Or better, how Jesus met them. From all what Jesus said that day, I can remember one thing. What Jesus said while I was in the boat, when we were afraid and wondered if there's anything help, any hope. Jesus said, it's I, don't be afraid. And that made all the difference. What a day. I would have loved you to be there with me. I will try to write it down, what I experienced with Jesus but I alm it's almost impossible to put it into words. I'm sure others will write about it too, and they will struggle too. Jesus said, it's I, don't be afraid. This is what I want to remember you. Not the bread, not the fish, not the boat, not the storm. 
the trouble, this miracle? Yes, there are trouble, this miracle. But these troubles are not caused by the miracles themselves or the stories about the miracles. These troubles are caused by us. We create the troubles when we make ourselves judges. We create these troubles when we think that we can impose on others what is the right way to understand and what is the wrong one. We create these troubles when we focus on the what. Why may have something happened on the left? What may have, have happened on the left side? And I want to propose this morning something different. Let us turn away from the what. Let us turn away from our perception, from our opinions, which has more power to divide us than to unite us. Let us turn to the who. It was Jesus to whom thousands came to listen to, and they were fed. It was Jesus who arrived together with his disciples at the shore on the other side of the lake. What happened in detail does not matter. What matters is that those who were there and those who heard the stories later were so impressed that they continued to talk about it. They were listening to the one who said, it is I, don't be afraid. And that united them. So this is my prayer for this morning. And let this be our prayer for the week and beyond. That we are united through Jesus, through the one who says, it is I, don't be afraid. Let us pray. Holy God, you created all space and time. You made the world we live in. You filled it with, full with life and beauty. You declared it to be good. We thank you and praise you for your creativity. Holy God, you and the Son are one. You came into this world to walk among us. You shared our lives. Those who came before us told us that you fed the hungry and that you walked on the water. We thank you and praise you for their testimony of faith. Holy God, you sent your Holy Spirit that we are not alone. You are alive. You are longing to touch our hearts with your overflowing love. You want us to hear, it is I, peace be with you. We thank you and praise you for your presence. As Jesus cared for the needs of thousands who came to meet him, so we pray for those in need today. For those in need of food and water, we pray for abundance. For those in need of healing, we pray for courage. For those in need of peace, we pray for reconciliation. For those in need of encouragement, we pray for hope. For those in need of freedom, we pray for release. For those in need of fellowship, we pray for friendship. 
for those in need of change, we pray for an opportunity. For those in need of forgiveness, we pray for mercy. For those in need of your love, we pray for blessing. We pray that you speak to them your words of comfort and love. It is I. Peace be with you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, your existence is beyond our comprehension. Your love is beyond our expectation. We pray for us and for all who follow you. We pray for all who you have called to be part in your family. When we are divided and rejected one another, when we think we know what is right and what is wrong, come and gather us. Speak to us anew. It is I. Peace be with you. Amen. Our closing hymn is hymn 624, In Christ There Is No East or West. into the week. Let us talk about what really matters. Let us be comforted by Jesus, by the one who says, it is I, don't be afraid. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us forevermore. Amen.